Welcome to the Innovate CT Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Innovate CT Podcast. And today's guest uh, is, is going to be fantastic. Her name is Patrice Gans, and she is the Executive Director of Random Hacks of Kindness Jr. So Patrice, wel- welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And actually, I, I, have, to, I, have, to, I have to highlight one other thing to the, to the listeners. You are also the winner of the, one of the Connecticut Entrepreneur Awards from earlier this year uh, for, um, for, for Random Hacks of Kindness Jr. for community favorite um, under, I believe it was the education category, correct? Or was it the event category? Which one was it? Oh, I think it was the event category. The event category. So, so congrats on that because that's obviously Thank super you. cool and uh, well-deserved. And, and just to add to that, um, I was also awarded a Women and in Innovation Award by the Connecticut Technology Council uh, for community involvement and engagement as well. Congratulations. Very cool. So, so the Innovate Connecticut podcast is all about people exactly like you. So I, I hope to share with my listeners, you know, um, you know, you know, it's just special people doing innovative things around the education system here in Connecticut. And we, I think I met you, you know, um, someone introduced me to you a couple of years ago, uh, and told me about Random Hacks of Kindness Jr. And I've been following everything you've been doing through social media and all the amazing, you know, students that you're, you know, you're impacting through your, through your organization. So I thought you'd be a fantastic guest for the podcast. So I would love it to, um, to, I think before we dive into what is Random Hacks of Kindness Jr., if you could just share with the audience, you know, who, who, who are you, right? So, you know, a little bit about your background, um, and, and then we'll, we'll get into what your nonprofit does. Okay, I can do that. So, uh, basically, I've been involved in computing and education for probably, geez, maybe 12 years. So before I started Random Hacks of Kindness Jr., I was teaching at a school, a private Montessori school, Fraser Woods in Newtown, Connecticut. When I was teaching there, I was specifically uh, the technology teacher for K through eight. And I found that I wanted to connect my kids specifically to computer programming. At the time that I started teaching, a lot of the schools were really emphasizing uh, more word processing, well, I guess typing, uh, Microsoft Suite, you know, that kind of stuff. And I wanted them to learn learn coding because I personally had a background in computer programming as I had my master's in computer science and I had done some programming. I found that they could learn to code, but they didn't really see the power behind the technology that they were learning. And they were also, I think at the time, a lot of the software that we, not software, a lot of the technology we have now, specifically smartphones and stuff, was first starting to bubble up. Uh, Facebook was starting to bubble up. You know, so kids were predominantly using technology to play games, to engage with social media, to make, to watch videos. And they had no idea what it meant to really be a computer programmer and the power behind computer programming. 
So I decided to investigate how I can make that connection for my students. And I participated in my first Random Hacks of Kindness hackathon, which was actually geared for college students and adults. And I found the experience to be extremely rewarding, but it was not, it was not really appropriate for kids, right? So, so let, me pause, let me pause you right there, sure. for Patrice. For my listeners that don't know what a hackathon is, could you, oh, okay. could you explain or define, uh, you know, what, what goes on there, you know, what, what, what it usually entails? Okay, so normally a hackathon is a 48-hour event, let's say, where computer programmers get together, and specifically in the Random Hacks of Kindness hackathon, they get together with humanitarians uh, to solve specific social issues. And the idea is that they look to create a solution in a very short span of time that may or may not yield to an end result, right? They're just looking to see what, what ideas bubble up and what they can come up with, but they might not necessarily finish it uh, in the time allotted. And a lot of times the hackathons, at least the, um, the college hackathons that I participate in, will give out awards, right? They'll, they'll, they'll give out prizes, so um, I like the idea of – so when I did it, actually, I worked with uh, – excuse me, a, a college student from Trinity at the time, and we made an app for to help girls in Cameroon. I don't think it was ever used, <laughs> but it was a very interesting idea. They needed to keep track of – well, it was actually around the – well, I don't know. <laughs> it might be too much information. Anyway, it was an interesting app. I don't want to bore people with, with the details. But the idea was that I got the opportunity to connect with this nonprofit and to find out uh, what was important to them and therefore use my technology skills, which was minimal, combine it with the technology skills of this other uh, college student, which was very good, to create an idea, to come right. up with an idea. So when it came to my students, I wanted them to have a similar experience, but not in that format, okay? They would not, I didn't want them to have to come to the table with any computer programming experience. Got it, okay. Um, I wanted it specifically geared for fourth through eighth graders because that was the age that seemed to, I wanted to start younger, than eighth, you know, than middle school, than seventh and eighth. And I wanted them to connect with nonprofits that they would be interested in. So I wanted it to be organizations or what I call community nonprofits around the area. And in order for them to connect with these nonprofits, I needed to invite them as well to the hackathon. That makes sense. Okay. So what I ended up doing is uh, we held our first, I held my first hackathon in Newtown, Connecticut, and we had uh, at the school, at the Fraser Woods Montessori School, and we had nonprofits from all over Connecticut. I managed to invite some computer science professionals that I knew at the time. I was also involved in, uh, as a teacher and as a computer science professional, I was involved in the Connecticut chapter of the Computer Science Teachers Association. So some of those teachers came to help out. 
And I also invited students uh, from the University of Hartford to also come and act as mentors. So I had, co- I had professionals and college students come with nonprofits to work in groups with the fourth through eighth graders. And how did it go? uh, Well, okay. So I was still teaching at the time. Okay. And this was part of something I was doing as a project specifically for my students was open to anybody that wanted to come as well. And I can tell you that everybody thought I was the best teacher in the world. (laughs) At least that day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It didn't last, but for that day, it was an amazing experience. They felt really energized and they felt like they could really make a difference. And that's what I wanted to take moving forward. You know, that, that energy, that feeling of doing something you love, specifically the kids, right, who, who now have this technology at their fingertips, and then using that to power some kind of compassion to power this idea that they can help others because a lot of times kids don't have that opportunity they're too young they can't they can't volunteer they can't help out at at nonprofits because of insurance purposes you know or things like that so here's now something they can actually do and at the time it really wasn't as as much as it is today nowadays you'll see people doing all sorts of things right in, in ways of helping others. Now that then it wasn't as, as common. Um, yeah, and that, you were definitely, I think ahead of the curve of that. And, and that was only what, five years ago. Yeah. I mean, so I had the first hackathon in 2013. So that would be six years ago. I incorporated um, about 2015 well, to the, the fall of 2014, I incorporated Random Hacks of Kindness Jr., and then we had our first hackathon under that umbrella uh, in May. No, excuse me, in April of 2015 at Trinity, Trinity College. So we had our first hackathon then, and for the first year, we only had about four of them. But every year, the number of hackathons has increased and the number of students has increased so that our reach since then, you know, has been over a thousand students, fourth through eighth grade, probably a good couple of hundred, two to three hundred maybe of, of mentors of high school and college students, and then probably equal number of nonprofits that have come to the hackathons. Well, I mean, I just I look at your website, and and for my listeners, we'll include uh, the random random hacks of kindness junior website in the show description, um, so everyone can get to it. But you know, I see three hackathons scheduled between now and November, just as an example. So it, it's it's uh, it looks like you, your organization is producing quite a few events. Well, so the, so our goal really is to have so because of it, we we follow like the school calendar. You know, we don't really do much in the summer. Um, and we have to be wary of school vacations, so we have limited numbers of, of days. I mean, we do mostly do it outside of school on the weekends. We are invited into schools occasionally, but we're looking to do as many weekends as we can between September and December, and then again from like February to May, June. Yeah, before, um, before everyone's out for the summer. Yeah, <laughs> 
everybody heads out for the summer, right? For sure. So, you know, so share, share with me, and, and I've been to, personally, I've been to hackathons, not designed for fourth through eighth graders, but for more college students and, and you know, like uh, adult professionals. Right. What is, you know, and I'm just thinking, right? I mean, I have kids. My, my oldest is going into second grade. What is it like for a fourth grader to go to a hackathon for the first time? Are, are they, do they, are they confused? Are they scared, excited, all of the above? Like, what's that like for them? So, so the, um, okay, so it's, it's, an, the experience is really exciting for them because they are not going through it alone. Right. All right. So they ha- they are partnered with or work in a group of four kids. And they have a mentor. So fourth graders are like, what's what well, I forget the expression. Oh, like that's it. They're like sponges. They are so excited. They soak up everything. They're very open minded. It's not until they get a little further down, you know, more some of the junior middle school students, like seventh and eighth grade might be a little bit more cynical. But just meeting other kids, because these are kids from all over, meeting and working with a high school student, they're so excited just to hang out with a high school student for the day. And then they have the opportunity to meet new meet nonprofits. Now, we've had nonprofits of all different types, but some of the things that have been really exciting for the kids is we have animal nonprofits and we've had people bring dogs. Oh, that's a good idea. Bring kittens. Uh, so we had, uh, what are they called? Serve, compa- you know, service animals that have come. Uh, and we also had a woman that came from a nonprofit in, along the coast near New London that brought an owl. I tell you. And nobody knew that owl was there the entire day. It was in a box. That is funny. And the reason they do these things is to connect with the kids, right? The whole idea is this whole day is centered around the kids. It's centered around making them excited about the nonprofit, excited about uh, learning how to code, you know, getting to see they, they, they do the coding from design to, to, um, to code, right? So basically, we do it in something called MIT App Inventor. Yep. So what they do is they lay out their screens. They then put some code behind it. I have some, uh, what's the word? Uh, Android tablets that they use to test it out on. And just seeing their app work. And for them, even just going from a page, you know, from one screen to another, <laughs> it doesn't have to do much for them to feel like they've, they've accomplished something. And the nonprofits themselves are really excited by what the kids do you know they they don't any accomplishment that the kid makes they're happy they're happy to see and they and they and they give them that feedback right they tell them how excited they are and and the kids have the opportunity not only to do the coding but to share their ideas about what coding can do right so so the objective here is for the kids to make an app to help the nonprofit. The nonprofit may or may not have a specific problem to bring to the kids. Got it. Okay. So sometimes they do, and that guides the design process. And sometimes they don't. And then the, either whatever it is, though, it is always in some way child 
driven so that the kids use whatever experience they have to come up with the ideas that ultimately fuel or create the app. That's, that's fantastic. So it, it, it's really funny because this is from the mind of a, you know, a fourth grader, right? So they see the world differently than we do. They have different experiences and they have, uh, they, they, they're very naive in some respects sometimes. So it can be right. very sweet and very uplifting. Um, and sometimes they're a little bit, so, so one of the hackathons we had over, uh, this past year, we had a hackathon in, at Westover school, which is an, an all girls private school, high school in West and uh, Middlebury, Connecticut. And the Westover girls are the mentors. So one of the nonprofits was a group called voice for Joni. And what they do is they provide equipment for people that have ALS. I don't remember what that stands for, but it's Lou Gehrig's disease, right? So basically, people lose the ability to move, to speak. So this equipment helps them to do that. Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. So the kids, for whatever reason, decide they want a dog in their app. Now, now keep in mind, there's no dog in Voice for Joni. So... The nonprofit is amazingly generous and allows them to do this because it really isn't, you know, they think that the, that the nonprofit, that this person who has ALS is now going to sit there who can't talk and tell the dog to do something. But I'm not sure what the end product was, but they got to use something that they were really excited about and put it into an app that they felt was going to help somebody. Well, I mean, I think I think you make a really good point. <clears throat> it, it's almost it's it's almost uh, a moot point if the app is used or not because the just the experience they're going through of of doing this codathon or, or hackathon is is in itself probably pretty game changing and, and life changing for them, which is amazing. <clears throat> um, and and it's you know just the fact that. I love how you've targeted it for fourth through eighth graders because you saw at the time what was a real, you know, a real gap and, and nothing really targeting that age group. And I, and, and there's been a lot of research that we want to, we want to introduce kids to coding and, and the STEM fields earlier in their careers rather than high school, because so many kids in high school feel they've already made up their mind on what they want to do when they grow up, which that's a whole, that's a whole separate podcast. We know that's not the case, but right, right. they feel like they know. So, um, so it just it just sounds fantastic. So, I mean, if if I have listeners that want to know how they can get involved, what what are the options for, you know, helping or, or volunteering or bringing a bringing a, a hackathon to to their part of Connecticut? How how do they make that happen? Okay, so uh, one of the things I just want to touch back on the fourth through eighth graders in a, for one quickie, and then I'll then I'll answer that question. So the other thing that. I have found, and I agree that fourth through eighth grade is a perfect time, is that we also look, so by getting them interested, we need to also keep them interested, right? True. So what yeah. good is, I mean, what good is doing any of this if you, if you can't continue? So obviously we've had plenty of people come back from multiple hackathons, either by going to hackathons from um, around the state or by coming to the same hackathon at the same location the following year. 
But what we have started to found out that we've been around long enough is that there are some kids, specifically girls, a couple of boys, but more girls than boys, I think, that have come as what we call student participants that have gone on to become mentors at the hackathons. Oh, that's pretty cool. So we're really excited and to, to have to be seeing that happen, right? They are now really looking forward to giving back um, and passing forward. What's it called again? Whatever. But, you know, to giving back. Pay, pay, paying, paying it forward. Paying it forward. That's it. Yes. So specifically, I had one girl who her name is Effie Solardis. She lives up in Litchfield. And she was going to my hackathons uh, in Torrington. And I had the first hackathon there, I think, in 2016. So she started 16, 17, 18. Six, so I think she was a sixth grader at the time. She, had, she was in school in Litchfield, had not been – there was no real programming at school. I think they had, like, uh, maybe in their technology class. There was one teacher that offered them uh, – did something called uh, Hour of Code. Got it, yep. Um, but she came every year to our hackathons. As a result of that, she started taking classes uh, at the community college and other any other class and some online classes that she could find in computing. She then went on to mentor this past year at quite a few of my hackathons. I also uh, nominated her for an award with NCWIT. Have you heard of the Aspirations for Computing Award? I have. So she she won the award uh, for Connecticut, and she's also oh, that's fantastic. And she's also involved in my Girls Who Code Club at the Woodbury Library. So the idea is that it's not only are we giving them the opportunity to do these things, but we're giving them the opportunities to move on and to experience it. Okay, so, so not only are we giving them the one-day opportunity, but we're giving them the opportunity to build on their experiences and to create a real connection to coding so that they can continue to study it in high school and, and, and in college as well. Yeah, no, I, lo- I love that. And, and, again, and again, thank you for what you're doing because this is you're, – you're obviously impacting, you know, to your point, in, in, at this point, right, probably thousands of students at this point. Yes. And, and, and truly changing lives and, and, and helping people realize that coding is not, you know, not this thing they should be afraid of. Right. And for many people, it's going to be the future. So just thank you again for what you're doing. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you got, I'm kind of glad you, you paused to highlight that point because <laughs> the fact that, that you have students coming back as mentors now um, after doing it year after year just yeah, shows and, and a, a, a that, you, clearly what you're doing is super interesting for them and that you've been around long enough for that to happen. That was fantastic. And the, and the interesting thing is, so keep in mind, I, I work with fourth through eighth graders and that was originally my target, but now I'm developing relationship with high school students and college students and computer professionals. And I find that everybody has something to bring to the table and, you know, I, I, I love them all. <laughs> They're all yeah. fourth graders. Which so, is- so back to my, my question, right. how, if people want to get involved, what, what are the opportunities for people to get involved or if they want to bring this to their, their, their part of Connecticut, how do, how do they do that? Okay. So there's a lot of different ways that they can get involved. 
So obviously the simplest or the, you know, the number one way is obviously anybody that has a fourth through eighth grade child is welcome to bring them to hackathon. If they happen to be um, a high school student or anybody older, they're always welcome to uh, come and, and mentor at a hackathon. You don't necessarily have to be an expert in computing to mentor. We do provide some training, basically uh, minimal, but some app inventor training and some how to be a mentor training. The only requirement is that you have to like kids. That, that, that's a good one. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> let me tell you, that they're not easy. Right, then right. The other way you can, you can help out is by bringing the program to your school. I, you know, I've, I've had a number of teachers approach me about bringing this, you know, either to their school to hold it on a weekend, to their school to do it during the school day, uh, or to, I'd even have companies. I've had definitely um, quite a few companies that have, we've partnered with that have either held the hackathons in their, in their, you know, in their offices or at universities and so on. So they can either help host a hackathon. Uh, they can mentor. We are always looking for people to, to volunteer to just help out with nitty gritty. Like if they want to help out at a hackathon in terms of, uh, you know, for registration or just corralling the kids. Right. And, yeah. Just, just logistics and things like that. Yeah, sure. And just helping spread the word. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to me, there's so much going on in Connecticut that, that there's so many different niches that people can fill, and, but you need to get the word out. Uh, I was looking at some stuff on Twitter earlier, and there was a whole article about engaging families in STEM because people really need a person, some, some people really need that personal touch to go into STEM. Uh, you can't, I, I, you know, like what I mean by that is, so if I put out my flyer and I post it up in the library, it may not have any impact whatsoever. But if a teacher takes that flyer and makes copies and hands it to a student and says, you know, I think you would really like this. Right. They are much more likely to attend. And with mentors, you know, it's really hard because a lot of people think that they're not good enough. So you really need teachers or parents to encourage their students or kids to explore this and that they can do it. Because just by putting out there, that is not enough. They really need to feel that they have some, somebody has their back, somebody supporting them in this endeavor. Well, and I think you bring up a good point. I think even the parents yes. might, might be intimidated by right. the thought of STEM <laughs> or the thought of a hackathon, right? Just because they don't know, you know, unless, unless they're in the computer science field or, exactly. or have a background themselves, they might, they might be intimidated by it. So I think that's a really good point. Yeah, that is, then that's kind of what that article said um, in Twitter. I think it was like STEM connect or something. I should know more of this when I'm talking to you, but um, yeah, I mean, parents haven't a clue, some of them, right? And I do find that the parents that work in the field are probably much more likely 
to encourage their 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 kids, boys and girls, to participate. You know, yeah, absolutely. I, and I think I think a parent that participate that that's in the field might be more likely to 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 encourage their daughters than parents that are not. You know, there yeah. there is definitely a connection um, between you know <sighs> encouragement from parents and and girls participating in STEM. Yeah, no, no, I agree. So, so again, I, I will make sure to put the your website in the in the show description so anyone listening can go check it out find the upcoming hackathons that you have going on if they want to have one in their town uh make make that happen and reach out to you uh, i just yeah, want to say oh go ahead no i was just saying that would be great thank you and i just want to say you know thank you again for everything you're doing uh for connecticut and you know all the students that you've, you've impacted and and you know making time for the podcast because i think what you're doing is extremely important and i love how how passionate you are about it. And uh, you, I think you're, and I, again, and I think this is important. You're, you're hopefully introducing kids that might not have really been introduced to STEM and maybe putting them in, in, in a future career path. That they didn't even realize it just existed. So just thank you for what you're doing. Um, super impressive. And uh, just, you know, want to make sure you get, get recognized for that. Well, thank you for having me. And it was, I really enjoyed our conversation. So it was great. Well, hopefully more people learn about Random Hacks of Kindness Jr. and uh, and you as well. And uh, thanks again for making time. We'll talk soon. If you would like to get involved with Innovate CT, please visit our website at www.innovatect.org. There you can find links to our social media. We currently are active on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.